This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. You see a small book and then a note. Find contact at Gatsby's party for creating pen to use blood magic. This, my friend, is a tiny servant. Any object you want. I mean, this is the great thing. You tell me, could it be a tooth? An invitation? Yes, a delicious fancy party. At a Mr. J. Gatsby's, some people from the spotted hand might be in attendance. When you get there, you need to find out who the larger players within the spotted hand are. And the whereabouts of their leader. What does that say? Just green light. I didn't see who gave it to me. Uh, I guess we look for a green light. And this here... This is my friend Daisy. I'm not trying to eavesdrop here, but did you say that you know Mr. J. Gatsby? A true showman, Fagin, a true showman. Let's go get that drink, shall we? We can talk about whatever you want, but if you lose, I take your eye. So, Awen, you are just entering into the fold here. You see before you a table of five men who you now know are Alec Durberville, Uriah Heap, Lord Macbeth, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, and Professor Moriarty, all of whom are bearing the three-dotted tattoo that you associate with the spotted hand, and you are trying to get into their ranks. And so, have you sat down at the table with them yet, or are you still standing there? Yeah, I believe I sat down at the table, and I'm sitting, I think I'm sitting next to, uh, I'm sitting across from Uriah, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, so as you, you look across, Uriah is staring intently at you, And he repeats the challenge that we left off from last time. So you want to know about Jay Gatsby? You want to know about our ranks? And you say you're one of us. Well, and he just gestures next to him at Professor Moriarty, who produces two cups. And as Professor Moriarty sets them on the table, you hear a clinking sound in him. Uriah looks back at you. The game we're going to play is called Blind Man's Bluff. It goes by many other names, but I like this name because the stakes are pretty simple. You win, you get what you want. In this case, you get to stay and talk to us. You lose. I take one of your eyes. Let's go. Are you familiar with this game at all? I'm no peasant. (laughs) Okay. So, actually, I would invite you, uh, Aaron, to roll history for me. Okay. I'm sweating because I'm lying. (laughs) It's a 14. 14. Awen would definitely recognize this. I'm not sure how Awen would recognize this. I'm not sure how much gambling they do in the woods. <laughs> but this, this game you would recognize, perhaps, not as Blind Man's Bluff, but you had heard of this before as Liar's Dice. 
And so this is where I, as the DM, will be both informing you and the guys of Awen, and of course, you, my listening audience, as to what you're going to be playing. And so for Liar's Dice, perhaps, if you have seen from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, uh, where they were on the ship, uh, what's the name of the ship on, on there? The Pequod. Oh, no, not that oh, one. Oh, that's, that's our previous ship. Oh, love ya. The, I the think- Black Pearl? The no, not the black pro. It okay. doesn't. Deep cut. Anyways, it doesn't. No, matter. let's stop. We can't move wait, forward until wait, we know what the name of this wait. ship the is. Flying Dutch- the Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman. Same one. That's in uh, SpongeBob. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was one of those people that didn't watch SpongeBob, and everybody hates me for it. You shouldn't be hated. You should memes. be pitied. i was too old i missed it i was too old so anyways on the flying dutchman in pirates (laughs) of the caribbean at least uh we see some of the characters play this game so to elucidate what is the basic gist of the game is that you will be given a cup and in that cup are five six-sided dice so just you know the basic game dice that you see with with most games yeah d6 and so your job is to roll it and slam it down on the table and lift your cup so that only you can see what dice are in there what face is up what face value and then you need to keep that hidden and you and your i guess you can say co-players are going to go back and forth and it's just you and uriah for this one and you're going to be making rounds of bets for how many die there are and so that you can bluff in this because you know how many you have but you don't know how many uriah has you don't know how many if he has any fives sixes fours threes Um, but your job is to up the ante of the bet each time that it's your turn you can up the ante one of two ways you can increase your bet of how many of the side of die there are so you know twos threes fours or you can up the ante of how many of that sided die are. So if I were to say, I bet that there are three twos, you can up that by either saying there are four twos or there's however many threes, since three is higher than two. Okay, so for that said, uh, each time that you hear your partner's bet and you think that they are lying, that they are wrong, that whatever they are betting is not actually in the game, you can call them out for their bluff. And if they are bluffing, then they lose one of their dice. So Moriarty slides over your canister with the five dice in it. Uriah takes his own. And Uriah looks at you, raises an eyebrow. Let's make this interesting. Typically, we go until you lose all of your dice. Let's see who loses first. One go. I'm a busy man. We, and he gestures to the other men at the table, have many things to discuss. I don't have all night to play. Unless you think that you need extra time to convince me that you're one of us. Huh. Let's play. All right. How, what's going on through Awen's uh, mind right now, by the way? How, how is he's, Awen feeling? He's shitting bricks right now. He is holding it together with just the hair of his chinny chin chin, which is not, barely, there's no hair on his chin. So I, I can't imagine you being at a scarier table. <laughs> just just, just he, the place you're he, at and, and the people you're with is a pretty terrifying table. He went in with bravado that he didn't have, and he was asked to bring more bravado, and he's just, like, faking it till he makes it right now. Okay. Now, to add flavor to this, Aaron, I invite you any time during this, you're welcome to do checks of different types that might assist you in this game, or that might give you important information or clues of the people around the table. Um, so if you want to toss that in, feel free to at any point. Okay. But what is ahead. that like? What is it? Does that mean like I make a, a perception check on like who's at the table kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah, you can use this oh. time um, okay. because you're playing a game. But Feels this weird. is time that you have alone with these guys. So even if 
It's not a waste. You're not just here to play a game. Might I remind you, you are in their presence and there are things that maybe you can gather as intel while you're there. And you can talk as well. What kind of dice are these? D6. No, I'm sorry. So like, like what do the dice look like on the, on this fancy (laughs) table? Oh, you want, okay. So now you're asking what they look like. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. You look down. They are made out of something familiar to you. Something that you carry a lot of very ornately carved pieces of ivory. Oh, hell yes. All right, I'm, I'm going to roll my, my D6s here. Two, three, four, five. Five of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, for bringing the audience in. Yes. What uh, did you roll so that we know and we can play along with Awen? All right. I rolled a six, a five, a four, a three, a two. One of each. And. As I roll, as I, as I lift up the die, the, excuse me, as I lift up the cup, my tiny servant, Big Tooth Daddy, quickly runs under the cup. Oh, okay. I am going to, I'm, we're going to do a challenge roll here. You, <laughs> you are going to do a roll. You can choose how you want it, but however this little guy is going to, so it can be a sleight of hands. Um, it can be a little role for sneaking, but I'm going to do it versus uh, Uriah's perception. Okay, awesome. I also am going to cast Enhance Ability at the second level. And that okay. allows me to, it's against perception. Um, so this is going to, would that be like dexterity for me? Like stealth or something? Mm-hmm. You can do stealth for that. Okay. Um, what does Enhance Ability do? Enhance ability allows me to have advantage on dex checks. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I am going to... You said, what is it that I'm rolling against? You're going to roll against Uriah's perception. Sleight of hand. You can do sleight of hand. You can do stealth. Okay. Sorry, I'm just looking here. That's the best. Okay, I'll use sleight of hand for sure. Okay. That is a 16... And and two sixteens. Okay, so sixteen. And Uriah rolled an eleven. Ah, yes. Hey, All now. right, so big tooth daddy. Excuse me. Slip. Excuse okay. me. Oh shoot! Shoot! Oh no! Oh no! What is this? What is what? What? He takes your eye. Don't worry <laughs> about it. My oh, eye. Don't worry about it. Oh okay. shit. Oh no! Tell me, tell me what you do. Uh, so I'm the one who's bidding, right? Or I'm mm-hmm. the one who's like making the initial. Yes, yes. As challenger, you make the initial bet. Three sixes. And I look over at um, Hannah, Doctor Lecter, and I wink, and I kind of just try to take notice of like the different the different characters around the table at their reactions to my bid. Okay, yeah. You, you see, you, since you look at, at, who did you look at first? Dr. Dr. Lecter? Lecter. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Lecter raises both eyebrows. He, you see, you have his complete and full attention, and it looks like just surprise on his face. Moriarty is sitting in such a way that he has part of his face just covered by his hand and so the only facial features you can see are his eyes which there's only a slight widening of them but not enough that you would see as he as if he's aghast or horrified or surprised or anything like that lord Macbeth sits back in his chair nods approvingly and crosses his arms alec d'urbaville he's just drinking He's in the corner and he is just downing another drink. I don't even know if he is even looking at the table. You can't even tell if he's looking at the table. And Uriah. Uriah. Well, why don't you roll insight for me? Okay. Let's see how far I can go with this. 
All right, that's a nat 20, baby. That's a 25. Whoa. Bang, bang, bang. I'm here. On the outside. <laughs> this is how we start tonight. <laughs> I need it, baby. From the outside, Uriah seems calm and unperturbed. But you see his hand that is just at the edge of the table clench it a little tightly. And the hardening of his eyes, too, tell you that even though he is holding it together, that's anger. Awesome. Don't know why, but it's anger. That's what you can get with that nat 20. He lifts open his, his cup again and sets it down. Three sixes, you say? That's right. Do you always start off this high? Is that high? I can tell you, my boy, that this is not really how it is often played. (laughs) Perhaps you're coming in here full of bravado, full of piss and vinegar, or perhaps you really know what you're doing. Of course, I wonder, to what extent is this an element of someone who belongs in our ranks? And he looks back down, looks back up at you. I call bluff. And he opens up his, <laughs> his canister and to reveal three fives, a six, and a one. Okay. So I am going to make six very subtle taps on the table. Because I want Big Tooth Daddy to flip over one of the dice so that there are actually three sixes. Okay. When, when anyone sees the six on the other side of the table, just the single six, a single bead of sweat just starts to drip down his head. And his leg underneath the table, out of sight from anybody else, starts to shiver gently. And... He li- he slowly lifts the lid, or excuse me, the the bot, you know, like the the front of the cup, and with his with, with his long fingernail, makes six taps against the table quietly, enough vibration for Big Tooth Daddy to flip a die to six. And what does Big Tooth Daddy do once he's done? Big Tooth Daddy is gonna. Yeah, all just mission impossible. All arms out in the lumber yard to the top of the cup. I love this. Can can you have Big Tooth Daddy roll for me? Can, can you- <laughs> <laughs> sure. What are his stats? <laughs> Rutro. <laughs> you you can choose whatever you want for this. It could be athletics. It could be acrobatics. It could be stealth. Okay. Uh, yeah, that is a thirteen. Yeah, that's enough. Okay, we were looking for you to beat a 10. So that was good. Okay, so he, you do that. You do that. It lifts up and you see to Uriah's just astonishment that there are indeed three sixes. And he, in anger, sweeps the, just the accoutrements of this game off the table and stands up. I don't know. How you did it. I don't know exactly what you have that allowed you to beat me. I can tell you I am livid. Why are you so mad about a game of chance? But. And it just just an evil grimacing smile crosses his face. I know that only one of us would do something like that. So I guess I can let you stay at the table, boy, for a little longer. What do you want to know? Friends! 
half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey guys, it's me, Kate, your master teacher, and I'm here at the break to say I am first so happy you're here and listening. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and listening to us on your drive or at work or even going for a walk. We're happy you're here. You are the lifeblood of this and we would not be doing this without you. Second, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us through email. Our email is omamemshow at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter. Our handle is at omamemshow. And we'd love to hear from you with uh, ideas, with theories, even just to say hey. And lastly, before I leave here, because I'm going to let you get back to the show right now, but before I leave... I also invite you to leave us a rating and review. So if you go onto a platform like Apple Podcast, you can just take a few seconds, not even a full minute, and drop a few lines saying why you like this show and why others should listen to. That would mean the world to us. All right, so with that said, thank you for being here. We love you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or evening. And with that, let's get back to the show. We're going to go to the dining hall where Bertram last was. And so just to jog everybody's memory, Bertram, you were in there posing as a, not really a gossip columnist, but somebody who was writing about this lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yes. Correct. And you were speaking with Daisy. Also correct. So when we last left off with her, she had asked you just a simple question. Why are you here, really? And I think off that question, Bertram would look kind of from where he's standing, would kind of glance around the room and the type of people who are there, all the people with red dots on their hands. Uh, well, actually, you can. Why don't you roll perception for me? I, let's just uh, let's just see what you're able to see. Well, I've that. seen many people with red dots on their hands. I feel like <laughs> it's not like a sea of red dots. The, this isn't just a spotted oh. hand uh, party. Just spotted hand are, are one of the one of the groupings of people that were invited to this party. Gotcha. I'm rolling what perception? Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at that. That's 15. Yeah, you, there aren't many. It, uh, you would say perhaps there are 5%, 6% of the people at this party are bearing any kind of red dots on their hands. They're not many, but you are able to clock a couple in this room. And when I look at, when I look at Daisy, uh, I think you already said that she doesn't have a red dot on her hand, no. correct? No, she does not. Then I would say... This appears to be an interesting bunch here tonight. Is, are, are these peop, sorts of people always at these parties? Oh, really, it's much the same most weeks. I, I don't often come to these. I really hadn't been for a while, but Jay kept begging me, and he said that tonight was special for him, so I showed up. And my husband Tom is God knows where with God knows who, but here I am. Looking around, though, it seems that it doesn't matter who it is. People with money and you give them the right amount of alcohol, they all act the same. I see that you don't have a red dot on your hand. Why would I have a red dot on my hand? Well, I, I look around this room and... I look where I live, and I just it seems to be popping up more and more these days. I didn't know whether you'd have one or not. Does does Mr. Gatsby have one? Last I saw him, he didn't. What does a red dot on the back of a hand mean? I think, Mr. J. Gatsby, your friend, it sounds like, maybe more one point. It looks like he's getting himself mixed up with the wrong kinds of people. I'm afraid he doesn't know the type of people he's cavorting with. Do you? No. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've been pretty 
distant from him lately, but... Well, do you think he could be in danger? I don't know. I just know that from what I've seen and the rumors I've heard, you don't want to be on the wrong side or be or have someone with that kind of mocking and be on their bad side, I guess I should say. Is he in danger? I don't know. But these are the types of questions I would like to ask him. As you say this, her eyes kind of flick and look over your shoulder. If you would like, you can roll a perception check to see if you catch on to anything more than that. I'm 17. You guys are rolling great tonight. Love this. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you, uh, if you want, you can look over your shoulder and see where her eyes are leading or not. Yeah, I'll kind of glance, I'll crane my neck. Yeah, you see that behind you is a large bay window. And that bay window is overlooking part of the outside terrace that runs along into what you see is a dock. And at the end of that dock is a green light. And I would start, is it, is it far across the room or is it kind of nearby what we're talking? Did you say it's kind of like it's far the away? The window? Yeah. Oh, gosh, the window is about six feet behind you. I think I would gesture towards the light and start walking that way while talking to her, kind of hope wanting to like her to kind of walk with me. And uh, as I'm gesturing towards the light, I'm saying, well, that's a, a beautiful color. What's, what's that coming from? Oh, uh, the, the green, it, it's, it's the light at the end of the dock. Um, his dock, it, it, it's nothing. Mr. Mr. Gatsby's dock. Yes, Miss Mr. Gatsby's dock. Does it does it always shine? Is it there as like a lighthouse to prevent ships from coming here at night? What what is that? It's a bright light and an odd color. I guess green is an odd color for a light, but at the end of his dock, practically speaking, it would be used for ships. But he keeps it always burning. And you know why? And she starts to open her mouth and then closes it. Can you roll for me a persuasion? Ugh, of course, the one I have a plus six on. I roll a two on. So <laughs> eight. She, she, she opens it as if she's about to say something. And then as if thinking better about it, she closes it and kind of shakes her head like she's coming out of a fog. I- I'm sorry, I... I have to, I have to go. And she turns around and, and starts to weave her way through the crowd in the dining room. Um, hmm. Off her leaving and getting not as much information as I wanted. Uh, if I look outside the window, am I see, do I see anything by the green light? Am I kind of getting any information by looking around outside or is it? Yeah, you see, you see that it is at the end of a dock, and at the entrance to that dock, you see two posted guards. I, I'm remembering the note that Penelope was handed that said something about a green light, but I'm only seeing two security guards. I'm not kind of seeing like someone waiting there. No, if, like, you don't see anybody there at this point. Um, I guess I'll kind of keep sweeping across the dining room kind of hoping to eavesdrop and pick up on any, com- com- uh, any kind of conversations. I think I would kind of pick up some food and eat them, just even though it does nothing for Bertram. It just, I think he knows that it, makes, it puts people at ease to mm-hmm. look like you're doing something normal. Okay, yeah, as your eyes sweep across the room, all of a sudden you're jostled and you look behind you and somebody holding a large goblet, you can see, has stumbled backwards into you and they turn around and you see a just a simple looking tiefling well-dressed in uh, all green suits and he slosh sloshes it on you he's like i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry uh, i i didn't mean i didn't see you there although i don't know how i couldn't you're you're what eight eight nine feet tall uh Nine feet. Oh, please. Thank you. And he's like pawing at you, trying to like wipe off the alcohol that he had sloshed on you. Uh, my name's my name's Nick. Uh, Nick Haraway. 
Join, join me for a drink. Mr. Carraway, uh, I would be delighted to have a drink with you. It seems like maybe you've had about one or five too many. Are you sure? One or five, not enough. I heard you asking about Mr. Gatsby. Uh, did you want to know about Mr. Gatsby? I, of course I do. I, again, are you sure you're in the right headspace? I don't want to... Uh, this is this how I spent. Uh, why don't you and I come over here and, uh, look. You, you and I, we play a drink game, and I talk about Gatsby. A drinking game? Oh, well, alcohol tends to go straight to my head. Uh, but uh, okay, if, if you insist. All right. And he gestures to one of the waiters and snaps his finger and, as if they were waiting. And you see this waiter bring over a tray of finger bowls full of champagne. And they set him on a cocktail table in between the two of you. Perfect. And I, I, I grab one and... And do a slight cheers, or a tink of the glass, maybe, as I bend down to the tiefling. <laughs> and uh, I'll have a sip. So you know, you know Mr. Gatsby? Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's my neighbor. And, oh, okay, all right. Uh, he wants to get with my cousin, and you're just talking to my, my, my cousin. My, well, oh. my, my second cousin, one, two, three, three times removed. Uh, it's it's not weird. Oh, so, the, the Daisy, that's you, that's your cousin. Mm-hmm, Is that mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be gathering from your incoherent speech? Mm-hmm, all, all right. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. You you win, and I tell you what you want. And I take you where you want, and you lose, and I'm the king. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, it's genuinely making me laugh. What? Uh, okay, all right. What's what's the game? Drinking. Oh, all right. Well, I think I'm. Uh, we I have, have some this, catching up we to have do. This, we have this platter, and any gestures to it. And so you see on there, uh, finger bowls of champagne. Um, and how we are going to mechanically do this is a dueling rules. So we will um, have contesting rolls of constitution. Okay. okay. And the first to three wins. And so think of it as you are drinking each other under the table. Even though Bertram has no effect on alcohol. Here's the thing. <laughs> you as the DM want that to be the case. No, here's the thing. Something that you revealed to the audience on our Robinson Crusoe episode at the island. Uh-oh. You have blood flowing through you. Uh, Okay. Your blood alcohol content is going to affect you, perhaps not in the normal way that an organic, a, a completely organic person or being would, uh, but it is going to affect you. Okay. I, I like that. Okay. okay. That makes sense. So uh, the more you drink, the, the better the effect is going to be. But you and I are just going to do uh, contested rolls of constitution as we talk. Okay. So for each drink, consider that a roll. Um, what? first to three will win. Okay. Um, before uh, I do that, then. Okay. You, okay. That, that's fine. Let's start playing. What? Do you have a tiny tooth man too that you're going to come out and he's going to yeah. drink it for you? Uh, you're going to be have, like, guzzle for me, child. Yes. I, I have something also I've mentioned in the quaff, past quaff. that's going to, uh, throw a wrench in this, but I don't think Bertram thinks alcohol will affect him. So I'll, I'll, I'll forge ahead. Yeah, you haven't had uh, Gatsby's alcohol. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> and I'll honey. see myself out. Thanks, everyone. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. So, very first Constitution roll. He salutes you with his drink. It sloshes over the side partly, and that is a ten. Twenty-one. All right. So one point to you, to me, and you see, like, yeah, he, he is at a detriment to this, and somehow he is just on a mission to get roaring drunk. So you take your first drink down. And he says, by the way, why, why do you want to know about Gatsby so bad? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a writer, and I write Ooh. about the, the rich and, and, and the famous and, and you know, rags-to-riches stories, you know, a really uh, hot and desired item right oh, now. Yeah, th- those are popular. I- I'm a writer too, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Anything I would have heard of. 
Um, no. Oh, I, I, right. I'm I'm working on it. Hmm. Well, keep trying. I'm sure you'll, you'll get there one day. That's what my mommy tells me. And then he lifts up another goblet and salutes at you. Nine. Uh, same. Okay, so that would be a wash. So it's just still one o. Okay. Oh, uh, man, that that went down like nothing. How how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling all right. Uh, a little a little different than than normal, but it might just be the nerves and being at a, at a new place, meeting new people. But but you said you're your neighbors with Gatsby. Uh, so how how long have you known him? Did you grow up together? No, not um. I've known him since beginning of uh, the summertime. I, I just since I moved in, and then he started uh, throwing these parties, and uh, he's had it, he's had it bad for for my for my cousin. Uh, poor guy. Here, next drink, and he lifts up his goblet. The next finger bowl of champagne. That's a crit one. Nat twenty. Okay. We are on opposite ends of the spectrum. All right. Now, you have taken three finger bowls of champagne, and something kind of is interesting to you. Um, it's almost like you, you look across the room, and, and it's like the scene changes before your eyes, and all of a sudden it seems something like one of those parties where it's significant, it's elemental, it's profound, like you're really starting to like this and and you can't really pin it down why, but you're you're feeling a little looser and you're you're thinking like, man, this this is this is where I'm meant to be. This is the life. Hmm. I've always meant to be here. This has been my place all along. I know, I know, man. Just... No, I didn't say that out loud. I'm oh, saying okay. that to you. Sorry, I did it in, in, in my voice. <laughs> I was more thinking that. That was inside the mind of Bertram. Internal monologue. Okay. Um, so, uh, so you're, you're, you're new here, but have you noticed this, this garish green light outside? Do you know what that's all about? Uh, yeah, he, I mean, it came with a property, but he, he like, what was it, like a, a month ago? He was, I don't know, I, I was on my porch and I noticed that he was, it was like he was building something around there. It was all this scaffolding, and then... Last week it was gone, and there's two guys and pretty tough-looking guys out there. I don't know. Wait, he was building something by the green light, and then it all disappeared and was replaced by these security guards yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. It's almost like they're <laughs> it's almost like you're guarding something, but what are they going to guard? The ocean? Nah. Huh. Bottom up. And he lifts up another finger be- bowl of champagne. Before I do, I, yeah. I, I stop him and I pull out um, my silver teaspoon. Uh, if I can remember what it has. It. Oh, my silver yeah. spoon with an F engraved on the handle. Uh, because I'm feeling the effects and I'm feeling pretty good right now. But I also know that I have a, a job to do and I do not want to end up like this person. And I also don't want this guy to get any more drunk because he's actually feeding me some information. And if he gets too drunk, he's going to pass out. So I take my silver spoon and I say, oh, hold on one second before you do. I think I see a little uh, bit of dust or, or maybe a fly in there. And Ooh, I, maybe I, it's some ash. And I swirl around in his, in his glass and I swirl around in mine too. And instantly as, I, as I'm rotating it uh, in a clockwise direction, the alcohol is uh, reduced uh, magically to just pure water. Boo, you make it an N.A.? <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't know that, but yeah. I make, yeah, I make it an N.A., basically. <laughs> the, the previously pregnant me is shouting in anger, they all said it would taste the same. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, so you do that. Yes, yeah, so I, I drink with him, but under the guise that hopefully no, there'll be no more effects. Okay, but there are lingering effects, For and sure. there is something to the psychological aspect of drinking that does lend to thinking that you're still drinking. Um, so I'm still going to have us do a constitution. Okay. Duel. Now my turn for a natural twenty. Oh, oh my he gosh. Got a four. Okay, so two one. So you just moved in recently, and uh, you know. Mr. Gatsby, do you know, does he always avoid his own parties? Oh, yeah, he's, 
he'll be he'll be going through. I mean, he he doesn't avoid all together. He's somewhere. Usually, he's locked up in in the library. Or could, could you take or, me there? Do you, can we go say? Can you go introduce me to him together? Oh, yeah, yeah. You want you want to go? Okay. All right. One one more for the road. Okay. One more. All right. Let's do uh one more roll. Eight. Uh, unnatural twenty. Unnatural twenty. Oh my gosh. This roll pretty good tonight. Winning this duel. Yeah. Look at my growth from all the nat ones at the beginning of this game. Yeah, let's, let's go. I I bet you he's up he, he's up there in the library. Well, uh, yeah, library. Let's let's kick there, and he takes two steps forward, and he just collapses on the ground. <sighs> Shoot. Uh, as I'm going to uh, pick him up and try to put him into uh, a nearby chair or against the wall. And as I'm doing that, I'm going to try and like check his pockets, see if there's like any information or anything that might, uh, at this point, I'm just looking for anything. Uh, yeah, you, you look through his pockets and, and you, you really, you, you see like definitely like some pieces of lint in one and on the other you you see like a small notebook in there like a writer's what what is it, moleskin mm-hmm. kind of like one of those and opening it up you see you know he has one of those in starting in effect uh daily agenda for today and you see he's definitely a bullet journaler <laughs> with some doodles on the side and all that uh is it terrible writing no, it's actually very neat and precise. Oh, so you, right. you see some, something interesting about that. Um, but then you see a note on the bottom that says, Don't match Gatsby tonight. Don't wear white. Don't match Gatsby tonight and don't wear white. Isn't Daisy wearing white? Is, didn't you say that? She's dressed mm-hmm. in all white? Mm-hmm. Don't match Gatsby tonight. And, and this is his own moleskin, so is that a note to himself? Or maybe someone else wrote him a note? No, it's in his writing. And it, you flip past that, too, and you see, you know, little doodles of not a tiefling. You don't see any horns. You don't see anything. So it's obviously not him. But you, you see just this rendering of a man and, and um, just page after page of just different renderings of this man that's well-dressed in every single one of them. And uh, then with arrows pointing like I love his smile and then his hair is so pretty and I wish I were him oh okay all right I see what you mean uh before I leave him I I lift up his sleeve and I want to see if he has a red mark on his hand no Mm-mm. okay um from where I'm seeing if I glance around or look at other rooms can I see any indication of where a library might be or where? Roll know. history for me. Ten. You remember the butler told you something about a library. And you know it's somewhere, but you forget. If only you had paid attention to oh, the butler. Oh, it's, it's in my notes, and I uh, didn't look there, because I thought that was something he didn't say. So <laughs> I head off, and I start walking towards uh, the second floor. With this, we head out to the courtyard where Penny, as Fagan, is. And Penny, you had met with uh, somebody who matched Fagan's type of uh, people that he would deal with, uh, Meyer Wolfsheim. And after going through a a game of duel together, um, where you ended up falling into the pool, you are now at the bar together. He's the Danny DeVito to my Al Pacino. It's great. So, yeah, Wolfsheim, you know, orders a couple drinks and uh, takes them both for himself. And he turns to you and he says, So, uh, I understand you're looking for a business connection. Uh, I mean, aren't we all? (laughs) Uh, 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 Sorry, that's the wrong voice. Let me try that again. I have to think about this every time. Um, Roy Kent. Oh, yeah, Roy Kent. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, oh, fuck. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh, uh, I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one please and he orders a drink uh she orders a drink really nervously um uh i i would be interested in what you might have to offer uh what sort of business are we speaking of i hope it involves blood magic that's my favorite uh yeah that that's that's what you <laughs> that's what you were writing to me before uh, i'm an open you, book you would know uh, yeah, you you had mentioned something about uh, blood magic, something I can uh, procure to help you with said blood magic. That's it. That's what I Fagin wrote. I would love to hear from you, though, to make sure this is a secure transaction. What I asked you to procure, I already know. <laughs> Not sketchy at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, I'm just realizing that you two talking back and forth is very 30 Rock vibes of Alec Baldwin and Will Arnett when they're doing... Have we talked about this already? The, <laughs> no. The so two much. dueling deep voices. So You're welcome. Two dueling women attempting really appreciated. Deep, scratchy male voices. All right. <laughs> Kimmy, would you roll history for me? This is what this is this is what me as your DM. I'm I'm gonna start doing this as your DM because there are things that should be in your notes (laughs) or in your memories. Sorry. So this is where I can help you guys and encourage me to take better notes. Oh, uh, he's wait. Hold on. Can I as Kimmy guess and see if I wrote it down correctly? If you want, we can play it out. All right. It was it a pen for the blood magic? A way to write it down? Are you saying that as Penny? No, this is Kimmy. Genuinely wondering if my. No, notes why don't are you? Correct. Why don't we? Why don't we play that out? All right. Was it a pen? <laughs> I just wrote things. I write things while I'm listening, and I realize she writes uh, it all caps. Pen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a note. Find Arrows contact at Gatsby. And underlines. No, it literally says note. Find contact at Gatsby party. Pen blood magic. That's all I wrote. Hey. Uh, I wrote a month ago. Don't remember what that means. So I'll roll history. Let's play this real safe. History. Uh, personal, can I make a personal history check? <laughs> <laughs> can I make a real life personal history check for something that I experienced Whoa. as a human? 15. Oh, yeah. He, history checks for you guys, they're going to be low, of course. This is just me as your DM having fun with you. This is no, how this I is, keep myself. <laughs> this is, no, you work really hard and then I show up and I'm like, pen blood magic? So, no, this is fine. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You, you remember, um, in, in your mind's eye, you see yourself looking down at Fagin's notes that you found in his horrible blood dungeon, and yes, he had mentioned that he was going to meet up with a contact at Gatsby's party about a, a pen that could channel this blood magic. A pen that you also had mentioned um, on the island that perhaps could help with this book of lore. So Fagin says what Fagin said to Mr. Wolfsheim and then goes, I'm just playing you. Ha <laughs> ha. Classic Fagin humor. <laughs> I got you, didn't I? And then throws back. Um, I really wanted, I want him to have ordered an apple teeny because Penny is 19 and doesn't understand drinking. So. But it's not. But like, what? What? I know. I did that for you, Adam. I'm re- referencing the age again. So, well, throws- now I'm picturing doing like Ben Wyatt in Parks and Rec when he drinks like Lagavulin, and it just like, like drips <laughs> off his tongue. You're just like, oh, oh god. Exactly. So that Penny th- uh, throws back a uh, Fagin Penny throws back a rather girly drink, um, which was meant to be sipped. Maybe it's champagne. Throws back a champagne. Was meant to be sipped. Um, and just like, oh, I got you. Where's my pen? <laughs> he, uh, he just pats his uh, right front breast pocket. I've got it where I need it. Now, the question is, what are you going to bring to your end of the deal? You failed to mention that in our correspondence. You said you'd have something worth my while. 
I'm just picturing Fagin like looking at some notes he kept in this scene. <laughs> but, hold, hold on one second. Uh. And this is where Penny, you uh, you can you can improv this as much as you want. All right, so it's not written. It's not the no no. The, this is this is where now I'm inviting. It could be. <laughs> I, ha- I have you want the note. If, do you want to hear the note? What's your note? Yeah. Uh, it says, find, gu- find contact at Gatsby's party for creating a pen to use blood magic. Notes secured in chest. He might become of use to me when there are two parties to a bargain. It is only reasonable that the interests of both should be consulted. All right. Hmm. Not um, much help. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's good. It just confirms what I already know, which is... Uh, Fagin goes, of course, of course, you're a man of business and a man of business should uh, be paid rightfully so for his work. So I have access to all interesting things to a man of business like yourself. (laughs) Uh, I have jewels and interesting potions and lots of children. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god. In a really creepy way. I meant it like in a semi-creepy way. But now I'm regretting it. It's getting sketch. Um, So... Just kidding about the children thing. I have limits, but how can I help you, a man of business, in a business transaction business? <laughs> he 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 places like one hand on your forearm. He's like, let me just start to say, it is so refreshing to have someone actually offer to meet me where I am. I just want to say it means the world to me and you see like a little like his eyes get misty you're you're Fagin grabs me with your business Fagin grabs Wolfsheim on the arm and he goes I see you Mr. Wolfsheim I see you and looks him dead in the eye <laughs> I get advantage oh. right <laughs> I roll with advantage <laughs> now right <laughs> I'm looking for a way to get in with the top brass. You see, he looks around. I need you to find a way to get me a one-on-one confidence meeting with the leader of the Spotted Hand. Oh, it's old Spotty himself, eh? Oh, easy. <laughs> Oh, easy, easy. We go way back. My childhood gang and his childhood gang were neighbors. It was great. I abs. I. It's gonna take. I'm gonna need some patience on your end. All right, Mister Wolfshine. But I think I can make some phone calls and make this happen. Um. I mean, good old Spotty NWD. We go way back. He goes way back with good old Fagin here. Uh, uh, just for context, to prep him for the meeting. Prep. What sort of business dealings are you looking to do with him? Again, context. Wait, is is Fagin also wagging his finger? Like, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But he's like hunched and little, and he's doing this. He's got his shoulder. He's Fagin. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about any who this WD is, uh, but the are maybe you have some intel. I and I'm I'm really interested in that, but. I happen to know that there are the top brass is meeting in the library, and I know you've been doing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, I was just so proud of myself. Of Kimmy's face was like, "Whoops, I've said, I've said too much." Oh gosh! I'm so sorry, Kate. You're doing such a good job. No, this is this is great. I'm glad you actually said that. Oh um, my god! Then why'd you hit me? You're distracting you from this. I'm trying to stay in. I'm so sorry. Please, please uh, continue. Oh my god. <laughs> I I don't I don't know who this WD is, 
which is only confirming for me that perhaps you know more than I do. I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I, I'm, it. I'm an up and coming man. I'm a self-made man. But uh, yes, I happen to know the top brass is meeting in the library, and I know you've been doing some research for uh, the leaders. And well, if you can uh, get me in a good word, we could uh, meet up there, say in like ten minutes. I I got a poop really bad. You take your time, yes. sir. You take your time. I, you want to be nervous. in your best. I really peak. get nervous. You know, I want you to be in <laughs> your peak physical condition for what when you meet Spotty. I know, and I heard that not only do they have gold plated toilets, but they also have fine bidets. Uh, so treat I, I yourself. Gotta go do that. I say treat yourself to a twenty-minute poop. In 20 minutes, old Spotty will be there to meet with you. I I don't want, you know what, 12 minutes. 12 minutes, I'll meet you in the library. You're as generous as you are charming and handsome. Okay. Uh, Roll roll just straight charisma for me. All right. I just never could tell. I when I watch all both of you guys laugh, I'm like, is this working or is this not it's, working? It's funny. It's working because it's funny. Oh, uh, <laughs> charisma. Oh well, I mean, I got an unnatural twenty. So dang, good. <sighs> all right, here this thing that I have, and he, you see him take out uh, from his lapel. Why did I just? <laughs> well well done. <laughs> I was looking away. Don't worry. No, I don't. Uh, so he, he opens up and he takes out, you know, from behind his breast pocket, um, his inner pocket lining. He takes out this gilded bronze metalwork. What you can only see is like a, a pen. It's like the bottom half of a quill. But then twining up to the top is a glass vial that pulses softly with what could only be just arcane magic. And he twists it at the halfway. And the, the pulsing stops. Um, and he hands you half of it. He's like, consider this a down payment. After we have the talk with the Lord himself, then uh, I'll give the rest of it to you. All right, I gotta go. It's coming. Stop. And he scuttles off. Oh. What is this podcast? <laughs> and you, a, a couple beats um, happen. And I, I, I don't know, what, what, would, what would you do in this? Uh, you know, you, you have now half of what could be a, a pen that helps you access even more to this book of lore. Um, you have now an appointment in a little bit uh, with Wolfsheim to go to the library where members of the Spotted Hand are. You have no idea that Awen's there. Uh, what, what would Penny do in the wake of this? Um turn to the bartender and say one more um and um, order another champagne to drink incorrectly um and then in seriousness penny would down that champagne and then immediately turn and head to the library on the way would find a bookcase hmm hold on i'm trying to decide if this would be better as penny or as fagan um because I was thinking, wait, I don't want to metagame, but I'm just trying to understand the situation that I'm walking into. It is going to be in the library with, with Awen and all those people. There is not one person that I'm setting Wolfsheim up with. It's going to be with the, the council, correct? Or is there one person? He mentions somebody who he referred to as the Lord. The Lord. Penny's immediate instinct. So Penny doesn't know there's like a group of men in the library. Penny just knows that there's the Lord and they're going to be in the library. So Penny's intention actually is Fagin uh, or Penny is. okay. so Penny's going to head towards the library, find a closet, change back and change into Penny into, you know, young Penny changes the outfit. It's cute. We're feeling good. And then Penny's intention is to head to the library, see the Lord, cause a distraction to get the Lord to leave, and then change into the Lord and have the conversation with Wolfsheim herself. That would have, that's Penny's plan. Whether that's going to happen, who knows, but that's what Penny's intentions are. I love it. Okay. First of all, let's, uh, let's, let's roll this out. So, can you roll perception for me or investigation to see that you find a good closet to change into? 
Uh, I got a 16. You wait, investigation or perception? Yeah, 16. Okay. Yeah, you, you walk in from the courtyard and you notice just to the left, there is a small hall closet. And you're kind of open the door and you're able to see that there's enough room for you in there. Nobody's in there. Would you roll stealth for me to see that you go in unnoticed? Uh, 10. Okay. You go in and close the door. And within a couple seconds after that, you hear just footsteps pass by. And then the muffled voice of the butler from the downstairs talking to what is presumably another servant. Now, now, I told you that you do not need to put more linens in this closet right now. We're waiting for others to change from the pool, so please carry these back downstairs where they belong. Thank you. And then he continues to stand outside the door. Penny, um... Penny, <clears throat> Tom, is that you? I'm waiting here like you told me to. Is that you, Tom? Oh, uh, shook. I'm shook. M- Madam, uh, no, I, I I'm afraid I am. I'm so sorry. Would I know who Tom is? Does anybody know who Tom who is? is? Tom. Well, no, because uh, Daisy. Who is Tom? Well, no, 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 Bertram. I was thinking about. I'm so sorry. We gotta do this back. Damn, no, 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 don't, no, don't, because you you don't even do the same voice as I do. Just this is gonna be a fun Easter egg. All right, Carry great. With it. All right, go. Okay, never mind. So yeah, I yell that. You hear his muffled voice, Madam. I, whoever this Tom is is not me. Um, what what are you doing in the linen closet? Ah. Well, my sweetie, Tom told me to come meet me over here for a little bit of party fun, if you know what I mean. So uh, I guess he's standing me up again. That I'm going to make that boy pay. And Penny pushes her way out of the closet and storms back towards the party. But uh, And is she able to head upstairs or is that not going to fly? You are currently on the second floor. I'm on the second floor. Then mm-hmm. she storms out and down, uh, hopefully down the hall. Down the hall. Okay. You hear him call off to you. Madam, I will keep my eye out for a Tom and let him know of your whereabouts. Oh, I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then keeps going. Yes, you you head down the hall and you have two doors on your left. You can enter in the first door or the second door. Which one do you go? Am I able to roll, like do perception, like put my ear to the door to hear the voices behind them? Yeah. Great. You can totally do that. All right. Rolled perception. I got a 19. Or maybe it should be investigation, huh? No, perception would be good for this one. Perception fine, then 19. Mm -hmm. So you put your ear to the door, the first one, and you hear quiet chatter. um, But then you also all of a sudden hear this crash and this angry sound and of a of a man's voice that you heard earlier saying how dare you i don't know how you did it and then the the volume of that voice lowers a little bit more so you can't hear anything more at the second door you hear um just a full bandstand playing in there so it's probably uh door number one (laughs) unless the lord likes to dance on his own um Hmm. I feel like I'm so scared for all of us. I feel like we are wildly unqualified to be fighting <laughs> all of these super bad guys. Welcome to DD. I'm pumped. Um Penny Penny um Penny looks around. Are there any like empty glasses or any drinks or anything left around from other fellow party goers? Is there anything she can kind of grab oh, yeah. as a prop? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, there, there is. There's a couple that you see on the edge of a large vase with a, you know, kind of a lip that curls over in the corner near you. Would there be any city, silly party accoutrements like hats or things like that that she could grab as well? 
Yes, uh, you see some loose streamers. You see a, a boa um, hung over the railing of the of the stairs. Um, you also see some stockings and uh, one stiletto pump um, just leading into the second door. Okay. Um, um, Penny immediately takes off one shoe, puts on the pump, wraps the boa around, grabs an empty glass, and starts wobbling and then pushes, stumbles into the into the second library, uh, into the first library room where she heard those voices going and just gasps. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Reginald, darling, oh my goodness, I've been looking for you this whole time. This party is what? Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I did not realize you were with your friends. Gentlemen, I apologize. And then I want to say Penny then clocks the room and sees, looks at every single gentleman. Um, Can she tell who's in charge from this like look i'm imagining who's at the head of the table right i'm trying not A-win, to game off of yeah. what i heard from aowen yeah aowen you hear a semi-familiar voice over your shoulder you hear first of all the door slam open and then the stumbling in of footsteps and this this voice that you are hoping to god is not the voice that you think it is and as you look over your shoulder and you see Penny. How are you feeling in this moment? What are your internal thoughts, reactions, emotions? I think Awen's like a little bit. There's relief. There's surprise. There's some anger. Cause, but also kind of mixed with some, some like relief. All at the same time, it's this like ultimately tense situation. And then somebody busts in and adds another layer of complexity on top of it. And it's like, fuck, fuck. Um, as Awen hears Penny's voice, he stands up and puts both of his hands on the table, turns around and says, Beatrice, I told you to be seen and not heard. Sit down in the corner. And Penny, this is what you hear as, as your eyes clock the room and they sweep around. You see the beauty of this room. You see the lavish library. You see the clumps of people seated around and in the darkest, furthest corner, this group of six men, one of whom you know very well as Awen. The rest you see as just different characters of shady fortitude. And of course, in, nestled into a corner nearest you over your left-hand shoulder, you also see a man with large, bespectacled eyes peering owlishly at you from the floor as he holds one of those goblets in one hand and then one of the books in the other. And looking back at your partner in crime, you see rage, you see an oh-shit and you see an opportunity. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hey Dad, I've got a question for you and it makes me really frustrated. Mikey, the stars are wrong. We jumped two and a half times farther than we were supposed to. He's not a robot, right? He's an AI. They used you, yes, but they used me worse. I want to go home. How many minutes are in a while? Ask Your Father is available anywhere you get podcasts. Find out more at gideonmedia.com.